You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. It's a blessing to be here. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate my wife singing that song. It's one that means a lot to our family. And uh, it's a blessing to get to serve together in it, and uh, as a family, but just to have a local church that you can be a part of and be. A, I just, a, it's been a blessing today. I appreciate the spirit, and I feel a very kindred spirit here. And yes, it's cold, but it's warm in here. You're gonna you have to get some, get used to. Uh, Oklahoma's get used to this weather up here, but I guess we came at a mild week. So, um, my California born and raised wife is thanking the Lord for that. So uh, I don't know that I could have convinced her if we came uh, in a couple weeks when the highs are in the single digits. So, uh, but it's been a blessing. We've enjoyed our time here, and the hospitality of the Spencers has been overwhelming. It's been a blessing. And your spirit and your welcoming um, attitude and just the way that you've received us with open arms has made, uh, has made everything just feel right. And uh, I, don't real, I don't know if you realize how much of a role that you play in helping us feel comfortable here, but just to walk in and have you greet us the way you have and, and be interested in us. Um, you know, it's a big step of faith for us with our children uh, to, to bring them, and this is the only life they've ever known, and, and to bring them here. And we just appreciate how much we can sense that you've been praying for us. It means a lot to us, and we appreciate it very much. Well, we're going to get into the preaching this morning, and uh, Mark chapter 10 is where we will be. Mark chapter 10. I admit I'm a little bit in mourning this morning uh, because I was kind of bragging about the Cowboys on Wednesday night, and I'll just leave it at that. So there's a lot of people in the stands, but, and one team showed up last night, but the Cowboys did not. So Mark chapter 10, verse 46. If you would, let's stand together as we read this passage this morning. Mark chapter 10. We'll read from 46 down through the end of the, passage, uh, end of the chapter here. Mark chapter 10, it says in verse 46, wait for a few pages still turning, 46, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out to Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I love this story about blind Bartimaeus. It's probably one you're familiar with. If you've been in church any length of time, I want to notice a few things from this passage this morning. We'll pray and then get into the preaching. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here and to preach. And 
And I pray that you would just remove me from this process here. I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would fill me and help me to convey these words in a clear way. And then I pray that those that are listening, that you would speak to hearts and work in us, move in us, help us to see where we fall short and where we can improve and help us to maybe even change our thinking about or just be reminded about how much you've given to sinners like us. Pray that you'd bless our time together. Bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. At this point in our passage, Jesus is passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem for the Passover. And this is his final entry into Jerusalem before he's arrested and crucified. It's an important time in the ministry of Jesus Christ. At this point, he's obviously become so well known that everywhere he goes, people gather. He can't hardly get away from the crowds everywhere he walks. People are there. And in those days, it was customary for people to surround a distinguished rabbi or a distinguished teacher um, as they traveled. The rabbi's um, disciples or learners would be there, but others would gather around him too. And as he walked, you know, because obviously you couldn't get in your vehicle back then, you would walk mostly everywhere that you went. And if it was a famous teacher, if it was a famous rabbi, Then the people, especially his followers, but other people would surround him. And as he walked from place to place, there'd be a crowd that followed them everywhere. And if you can imagine, Jesus Christ has become somewhat of a a novelty in this region. Everywhere he went, people wanted to hear what he had to say. He's going to Passover in Jerusalem. He's become so well known that people are gathering out of curiosity. And one other factor contributes to the crowd here. And that is that the Passover is about to take place. And as people would walk to Jerusalem from wherever they were, those that weren't able to make the trip would gather along the side of the road as people walked, and and they would greet them along the way, and, and it was almost like a parade. You know, people would be lined up in the streets, and and they would be watching uh, the, the, the pilgrims going to Passover in Jerusalem. And this, so there's a large crowd. There's a, there are probably people following Jesus Christ. There's a crowd of people lining the streets, watching as people walk to the Passover. And if you can imagine, there's a lot of people everywhere. But not all of them have gathered in a friendly way. Because we know that Jesus Christ, wherever he went, he gathered a crowd, but he also had a lot of enemies. There are a lot of people that would be there out of novelty or curiosity, but we also know there'd be a lot that were there out of hostility. Because Jesus Christ had been preaching and, and, and preaching against what the Pharisees were teaching. So he made a lot of enemies and, and people would come. Some people would probably come to listen. Some people would probably come to heckle him or maybe try to catch him uh, with a question that they, they didn't think he could answer. But what I want to pay attention to is this is not just another pilgrim. Jesus Christ is not just another person. He's not just another rabbi. He's not just a teacher walking along the road. He's not like all the others because this is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He's the Messiah. He's Creator. In His words, everything He says, are, they're all true and they're life-giving. He had spent eternity, as we heard even in Sunday school, he had spent eternity sitting at the right hand of God with God in heaven from eternity past. Jesus Christ is not just another teacher. He's holy. He's never sinned. He's completely pure. He was without blemish. Yet he had seen the condition of mankind's sin. 
and he had left his rightful place at the right hand of his father and come to planet earth to walk among these sinners and eventually die on the cross for their sins. This is God himself. He's walking in the streets among the people. This is creator among creation. And knowing that makes what he does next incredible. Because as he's walking along, he's the central figure in this story, but we're introduced to a secondary figure, a secondary character, and his name is Bartimaeus. And we're told in verse 46 that he set, Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. He's blind, and his visual impairment has forced him to live by begging. And as incredible and as, as high as Jesus Christ is, the Son of God, Bartimaeus is blind, and he's lowly, and he's the opposite. Jesus Christ is respected. Bartimaeus is, is ignored and shunned. Jesus Christ is listened to. Bartimaeus is kind of just pushed aside. Jesus Christ is desirable, and Bartimaeus is repulsive. And he sits in the dust on the side of this Jericho highway, and he's just begging for any help he can get. He just wants one morsel of food or, or one drink from a cup. He wants one coat that's a little bit warmer than the one that he has. He sits in the dirt and he's begging. He's blind. He can't work. He probably has no family to take care of him. No one loves him enough to suit his needs, to help him out. And then he sits in the place on the road where he's probably been his whole life and suddenly he hears this sound, he hears this commotion, and it's unlike the normal crowd noise. So he probably begins asking, what's happening, what's happening, who's coming along? And maybe after a while someone stops just long enough to give him the time of day, and they say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Now you know that Bartimaeus has heard of Jesus. Probably everybody in the region, everybody in the country had this is the man that claimed to be the Messiah. To the Jews, that meant that Jesus was the one who, had, who was promised to come and free them from the bondage of the Romans under which they lived. See, the, the, the Jews didn't run their own country. They weren't in charge in Israel. The Romans ran the country. So to the Jews, the, this man, this Messiah, was going to come and he was going to free their people, the people not from their sins, he was going to free them from the bondage of the Romans. So if you can imagine uh, the excitement when, when people thought, well, this, if this is the Messiah, we'll no longer be in bondage. He'll free us. He'll, he'll deliver us from this bondage. And Bartimaeus probably knew him as the, as the Messiah. But you'd also have to think that Bartimaeus had heard that Jesus Christ can do more than just reign as king. As you can imagine, he's probably heard that Jesus Christ has been healing people of their impairments. He's probably heard that Jesus Christ could heal a deaf man, that Jesus Christ has made a lame person to walk, that Jesus Christ has, has raised someone from the dead. And yes, even just a couple of chapters before, another man was healed of his blindness. And maybe as word traveled down the streets, uh, Bartimaeus had heard that Jesus Christ could heal someone of a blind man. This is the moment he's been waiting for. This is the man that he's hoped would walk his way. And maybe, just maybe, in Bartimaeus' mind, Jesus Christ would stop and touch his eyes. What I'm thankful for is in all of this, Jesus Christ is willing to stop for a beggar. Amen. 
Don't lose sight of that. Jesus Christ deals with us at our lowest points. And you've probably been there before, your very lowest. And maybe you're the one on the side of the road, and you're the one begging, you're the one blind, and you just want somebody to bring you some hope. And nobody gave you the time of day. But Jesus Christ is always willing to stop. Before we get to that, I want to think about the desperation of Bartimaeus. It says in verse 47, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, and I can imagine he didn't just, you know, it says and say, but I can imagine it wasn't Jesus, the son of David. I imagine he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, if you were in that position, if you were that desperate, isn't that how you would cry out? Here's Bartimaeus. He's tired of begging. It's humiliating. It's lonely. It's dirty. Uh, He's missed out on the simple joys of life. He has no family that we're told of. And obviously his family had just left him on the side of the road. No one's there to support him. He's begging. He probably hasn't had a wife or children. He's got no enjoyment of the visual things of life. I mean, all of his misery can be traced to the fact that he can't see. You could say it this way, he's a man who's tired of the darkness. And darkness is no fun, and this man lives in it. And I have to admit, as a grown man, sometimes the darkness scares me too. I mean, mean, as a kid, I used to turn off the light and then be just far enough away from my bed that I could jump into it without getting too close. You've been there. I mean, I might still do that occasionally, depending on what noises are happening in the house that night. But darkness is no fun, is it? So you imagine then, imagine living in darkness your whole life. You talk about desperate. You talk about crying out for help. Darkness would drive you to desperation. And he was desperate, so desperate that he went to real lengths to experience change. Verse 48, it says, And many charged him that he should hold his peace. They were saying, Stop, he's trying to teach. Be quiet, beggar. He's making so much noise, and everyone's saying, be quiet. They're trying to hear Jesus, and they're saying, just shh, shh, shh. He keeps crying out, Jesus, son of David. He cries out louder, have mercy on me. So as he cried the more a great deal, and there are a number of people around Jesus, but this man is making such a racket that it gets noticed. Listen, if it gets dark enough, you'll go to great lengths to find light. And he knows he has no hope of fixing himself, and that's why he asks for mercy. Mercy means you've done nothing to earn it, and he knows he's at the end of himself. He can't fix himself. He desperately needs someone to intervene. And fortunately for him, he's crying out to the one person on planet Earth that has a solution for his problems, Jesus Christ. No one else could do for Bartimaeus what he so desperately longed for. And folks, Bartimaeus represents me in this story. Bartimaeus represents you. Because compared to Jesus Christ, we're all beggars. And our our problem, though, may not be blindness. Our problem is sin. And sin has made us desperate. Sin is lonely. Sin is dirty. It's miserable. And its consequences bring about death and destruction. The truth is, sin is darkness. 
John 3.19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Sin is darkness and sin is misery, but Christ came, Jesus Christ came to give light. And Luke 1.79 says, He came to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our, um, into our feet into the way of peace. And after much time at all in the darkness, we'll find ourselves longing for light. And it can be found in Jesus. So we know Bartimaeus had great desperation. And if Jesus Christ uh, had operated like many of them thought he should that day, he would have just kept walking. But he had compassion. Verse 49, it says, And Jesus stood still, and commanded him to be called. See, Jesus Christ, remember, he's high and he's holy and he created all things, but he's not above stopping for the lowly. Bartimaeus cries for mercy and Jesus hears him through the crowd and he stops. And if Jesus Christ had been too good for him in that moment, too good to stop and speak to Bartimaeus, he would have just kept on walking. He didn't have to stop. Nobody expected him to stop. He didn't have to give some random beggar a moment of his time. He's going to Jerusalem for the Passover. He's got places to go. He's got people to see and things to do. And hundreds and even thousands of people are clamoring for his attention all around him. He doesn't have to stop. But one blind beggar gets his attention. And he stops to make himself available. And I just want to say this this morning that Jesus Christ has stopped in this room this morning. And Jesus Christ ever lives and intercedes. He's alive still today because he rose from the dead. We know that. And his work is not done. And he's meeting you where you are right now. And there's someone in this room who's, who's, you may be able to see, but spiritually you're in darkness. Spiritually you're lonely. Spiritually you're desperate. Spiritually you're miserable. And you have absolutely no hope. And the truth is no one else will stop for you. And maybe nobody knows that you're on the side of the road. Maybe nobody knows that you're in darkness. Because it looks alright on the outside. Well can I just tell you this. That Jesus Christ, the creator of everything that we know, has stopped right in front of you this morning. And yes, you're a beggar, and yes, you don't deserve his presence, but just like Bartimaeus, he's willing to stop for you. Maybe darkness has driven you to light, and that's why you're here this morning. 1 John 1, 5 says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. See, a 12-step program might modify your behavior, but it won't change who you are. Jesus Christ is the only one who can transform you from the inside out. He cares enough to stop and listen. Could he be busy with other things? Could, could he have places to go and people to see? Yes, he could. But when we, like Bartimaeus, acknowledge our desperation, when darkness drives us to the light, when we view ourselves as nothing more than beggars, he stops to meet us where we are. The Bible says in Revelation 3 that he even stands at your door and he knocks. And just like he stopped for the beggar, he'll stop for you too. So Jesus stops and he commands Bartimaeus to be called. In verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And, the, and he, you know, he, he wants Bartimaeus to come to him. 
And the people around Bartimaeus then, at the end of verse 49, say, call the blind man and say unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. It's kind of like, you know, you get called um, to, to come up to the front for something and you're not paying attention. Everyone around says, hey, hey, they called your name, they called your name. I call, I call out for men to pray on Wednesday nights sometimes. It, it's, it's great fun. Because somebody's not paying attention, say, brother so-and-so, would you pray? And he's looking somewhere else and everyone around and album, hey, 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 he called your name. You got to pray. I think that's what happened to Bartimaeus here. He's probably calling and he's probably being so loud. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And Jesus commands him to be called. And everyone around, hey, hey, he, he said go. He said go. So the Bible says that, that, that Bartimaeus gets up. Look at verse uh, 50. The air changed my pages here. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. You know what I like about his response is he wastes no time at all. See, to cast off his garment, just think about this phrase. To cast off his garment means he didn't want anything to slow him down from getting to Jesus as fast as he could. His, he wasn't like, okay, you know how, you know, sometimes my kids can be like this. I was like, okay, kids, it's time to go. We got to get out the door. And it's like, okay, I got to pick up this and I got to put on my, my jacket and I got to go in here and check. I've got girls. Got to go check my hair one more time. Make sure my makeup's all right. This Bartimaeus didn't check his makeup. It says he cast off his garment. And I want you to think about what that garment represents. That garment, that coat, was very likely the only thing he owned. It was his, it was his warmth in the wintertime. It was the only thing he had to sleep on on the side of the road. And yet, in Bartimaeus' mind, even though his only possession, the most valuable thing that he had, the most important thing that he owned in his life, was not worth holding on to because he had to get to Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people like the idea of following Jesus, but they won't let go of the stuff that slows them down. They say, yeah, I'll follow Jesus, but you know, I, I really want to take this with me, and, and I really want to grab this. This is important to me. And they're trying to follow Jesus, but they're, I don't even know what this is. I'm going to put it back. <laughs> they're trying to grab onto everything they can, and they're grabbing this, and they want to take this and say, yeah, just wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. I'll come after you. Well, when you're really desperate and the darkness drives you to the light, you're willing to release anything that might get in your way from following Jesus Christ. Because there's a man in his only valuable possession in the, wor in the world, he just leaves it on the side of the road to get to Jesus. A lot of people say, well, you know, I need to wait till there's a better time. Or I, I, I'm just really busy right now or with work or my work schedule or our kids are just involved in so much. Listen, following Jesus means you let go of anything that will keep you from following Jesus. And whether that be a habit or it's a sin or it's surrendering some part of your life that you know Christ wants, some people never follow because they can't let go. But Christ doesn't call us to insert him into our lives wherever we can fit him in. When you follow Jesus, he is first and everything else is secondary. And if you're not desperate enough to let go of this stuff, then you're not desperate enough to, to escape the darkness. Verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him and asked him a very obvious question. 
What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And obviously, I think we all know what Bartimaeus is going to say. He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. You know, he's thinking, if my physical blindness is fixed, all of my problems are solved. I could get a job, I could make money, I could feed myself, I might even be able, he's dreaming, I might even be able to find a, a woman who would fall in love with me and we could start a family and I could do all the things I've always wanted to do, if only I could see. And as obvious as it seems to us, that still wasn't fixing the root of Bartimaeus's biggest problem. See, Bartimaeus is a blind man in need of sight, but he's more importantly is a sinner in need of saving. Notice what Jesus says in verse 52. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And Bartimaeus was fixated on receiving sight, but Jesus Christ gave him so much more. Listen, Jesus Christ offers so much more than we even expect him to. Bartimaeus acknowledged Jesus as Messiah by calling him son of David. And he had an idea of who Christ was, but he was focused on his healing power. He was saying, help me to see, and it's a fine request. And Jesus Christ was certainly able to make it happen, but that was not his biggest problem. His biggest need was deliverance from the terrible consequences of sin. And just like Bartimaeus, our biggest need is not more money, it's not a more reliable car, it's not a better job, it's our biggest problem isn't something physical, our biggest issue is sin. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God, for the wages of sin is death. Listen, the darkness of sin is much more dangerous than blindness. Sin separates you from God, and our greatest enemy is the fact that we are sinners and we stand guilty before God. And only Jesus Christ has the power to break those bonds and deal with those consequences. And so Jesus Christ could heal Bartimaeus of his blindness and, and just stop there. And Bartimaeus could die at the end of his life and he'd spend eternity in hell. Yeah, he could see, but if Jesus Christ hadn't dealt with his biggest problem, then it wasn't really dealing with his biggest problem. And what I love about Christ's response is he gives Bartimaeus so much more than he asked for. Bartimaeus had faith in Christ as Messiah. He knew who he was, but he really had no idea everything that meant. And Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. And we know Bartimaeus received his sight. What a blessing. I'm thankful. But Jesus doesn't just say, go thy way, you can see now. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus meant much more than your eyes are healed. Jesus was telling Bartimaeus, your soul is healed. I love it when, when some unexpected blessing comes up. You know, you, something you didn't expect at all. Last summer we were traveling um, and we went to a few national parks on, our, on this big 5,100 mile trip we took. I know, I'm, I'm a man that is, a, I just like punishment, I guess, but... 5,100 miles, we took a western tour. On our first national park visit, we stopped, and I think it was the Petrified Forest in Arizona. And we walk up, and as we're walking in, this, this park ranger, there's a lady, she says, uh, do you have any fourth graders in your family? And we said, yeah, we do, actually. Lacey's a fourth grader. She says, well, then for this year, because you've got a fourth grader, then we give you a free pass to every national park. We're like, what? And I'm telling you, Lacey glowed in, in like a radiant flashlight the rest of the time. Look what I've contributed to our family here. 
And I was, it was so fun to watch just how proud she was to be a fourth grader. And that every national park we got into, we got into for free because of her. You know, God does those kind of things a lot, doesn't he? We go along in life and we think, okay, Lord, I just, want you to, I just need you to do this for me. And he does something else that's a thousand times better than we ever dreamed. And that's the kind of God that we serve. See, we come to him and we ask him, we kind of have lame expectations of what he can do. And he'll come in and he'll answer a request and he'll give us more than we ever dreamed of. And that's what happens to Bartimaeus. He thought, yeah, I just want to see. Well, now he can see and he's going to heaven when he dies. Thy faith hath made thee whole. What an amazing thing for Bartimaeus. But that's not really my point today. I'm about to get to it. There's a twist. Dun, dun, dun. See, just stop and think about the big picture. Jesus, son of God, creator. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, beggar. Jesus, respected, desirable teacher. Bartimaeus, not a friend in sight. No, no, no pun intended there. Not a friend in sight, never mind. Jesus, holy, perfect, never sinned. Bartimaeus, spiritually and physically filthy, full of sin. And yet the one who is everything pure and clean and good stopped and had compassion on this one who's lowly and wretched and poor. And all the lowly one had to do was acknowledge his darkness and cry out for help and come to the healer. And the healer, upon seeing his faith, fixed his problems, both physical and spiritual. Now you talk about a lopsided story. A man like Jesus looked at a man like Bartimaeus and gave him everything. That's a picture of mercy. And it's a picture of what Christ will still offer sinners. Because he's something and we're nothing. And he offers us everything. That truth alone should drive all of us to our knees this morning. He's something, I'm nothing, and he gives me everything. But the verse that stands out to me here in verse 50 is verse 52. See, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So Jesus Christ gives Bartimaeus sight and he, and he makes him whole. And he tells Bartimaeus, he says, you're, you're healed, go home. Go about your business. Go get a job. Go start a life. Go find a bride. Have a family. What has been holding you back is no longer a problem. You don't even need that old coat anymore. That one thing of value. You've got your sight now. You can go get a job. You can buy a new coat. Not to mention, your faith has made you whole. Basically, he's saying, now that you can, go do it. But verse 52 tells us something very interesting. It says again, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and went his way. Is that what it says? 
No, it says immediately he received his sight, and what did he do? He followed Jesus in the way. Listen, I can't think of a more natural response. Bartimaeus' profound realization of what someone like Christ would do for someone like him caused him to say, the only thing that I will ever do with my life from this point on is follow Jesus Christ. And listen, the only appropriate response to immeasurable mercy is unlimited gratitude. Gratitude says, thank you, and here's my life. It's like the storyline in literature. You know, character A comes along and, and he rescues character B from some precarious circumstance. So for the rest of his life, precarious, or the precarious circumstance, the character B says, I'll give you my life. I'll follow you to the end of the earth. It's like Toy Story. You have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. Yeah, I just went there. Okay. But you know, that's a storyline in a lot of stories. Someone comes along and rescues you from a terrible situation, and it's the most natural response for you to say, I owe you a debt I could never repay, and I will follow you for the rest of my life. I mean, you can't even measure what Christ did for Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus could have never been grateful enough. The least he could do was follow Christ. Can you imagine if Jesus Christ had healed? He said, you have your sight. Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And Bartimaeus just runs off without saying a word. We would judge him forever. We would think how ungrateful. And it would have made no sense to us except I wouldn't even entertain the thought except that it happens all the time. By that I mean there are examples all around us of beggars who've experienced Christ's mercy but have gone their own way. People like you and I who've received Jesus Christ as salvation and we've received all the blessings that he offers and people just like us that have received those blessings and they take those blessings and they're like, okay, I'm out. I can go do my own thing now. I've got that settled, so I'll go live my own life. And there's some young person in this room, maybe just college age, maybe raised in church, and your whole life your parents and your pastor warned you about these certain things, and you receive the blessings of salvation. But right now in your life, you're thinking, okay, I'm out. I want to go try. I want my own way. I'm doing my own thing. You receive Christ, but maybe you've slipped back into this lifestyle of sin, or you, you enjoy the blessings of being a child of God, but your work or your school schedule has made worshiping God here at church optional. You may even be a member of this church, but your contributions don't really indicate that you're following closely, or that gratitude to Christ for salvation is, is, is driving you to make a difference in your life. You're here outwardly, but inwardly, maybe even secretly, you're going your own way. And this may apply to many of us today, that you, and I've, I'm this way, I've been saved long enough that it's easy for me to forget how dark the darkness is, and how miserable the blind begging was. I've forgotten how terrible it was to sit there on the side of the road in my sin without salvation. And maybe you go his way outwardly. But inwardly, there's an inappropriate level of gratitude compared to his immeasurable grace. 
And if you've received immeasurable mercy, does your attitude in life reflect an appropriate amount of gratitude? Don't forget what he did. Let's just stop and look at the cross. And let it remind you what someone like him did for someone like me on a cross. Because we can just go our way and we forget what Jesus Christ has brought us from. We're all beggars. And some have received God's mercy and said, thanks, but not, here's my life. And that's an inappropriate response to mercy that great. If you owe Him your eternal life, the least you could do is follow. Some in here have yet to accept His mercy in the first place. Jesus Christ went, that cross is not just a symbol. Jesus Christ went to the cross to die in your place and to pay for your sins, and we refuse to cry out for His mercy. You say, I see him passing by my way, but I, I can do this my own way. But Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You can go your own way, but it won't end well. No one can do for you what Christ has. And the reason it means so much that he stops by is because no one else can help you. To reject his mercy is the ultimate ingratitude because it means you know the darkness and you know what he offers, and yet you're going your own way. There's two categories of beggars in this room. There are those going Christ's way and those going their own way. John 14, 6, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's the way that you should be going. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And your, your way ends in destruction. If someone like him did something like that, for someone like you and me, there's only one appropriate way to respond. I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to follow him. John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but how sh that shall have the light of life. And I just, just close it up this morning by saying, following Jesus is way better than darkness. And you can choose this morning to walk in light. And there are some in here who have not received Christ as their Savior. And I'm telling you, the, the light is way better than the darkness. But then there's another group, and that's those who have received Jesus Christ. And yes, you've been healed, and yes, you're grateful, but maybe you've started to go your own way. You've forgotten just where he brought you from. You've forgotten just how dark the darkness and how miserable the begging and maybe it's time this morning to recalibrate and recommit to the one who is everything and you're nothing and he gave you everything. Maybe it's time for us to reevaluate just how closely and how willingly we're following the one who's given us everything.
Set every, every head bowed, every eye closed. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.